new year. This feels like a second or third New Year's entry for me because I also feel a very New Year's energy or start to the new year on the winter solstice. At that point, the sun is at zero degrees Capricorn for all you astrology buffs out there. And it is when the sun here in the Northern Hemisphere is at the lowest point or the furthest point in the Southern sky. I have really had a sense of that movement that the sun makes over the course of a year living out here where I am in the mountains and forest of Virginia. I have this beautiful, vast expanse of land that is particularly vast in the wintertime when the leaves drop from the trees, I can see the mountains in the west. And this really gives me that feeling of being able to stretch out in all directions and keep my eye on the sky and the movements of the stars, the sun, the moon. It feels really grounding. Winter solstice is for me that time when I begin again. And for me, beginning again does not feel like hitting the ground running, like we are so conditioned to do in the Western culture, but it feels more like a soft easing into. Even the new moon, which is kind of my secondary New Year's for me, is that new moon in Capricorn, which this year took place a few days after the winter solstice. That new moon in Capricorn feels also like a new beginning. But the new moon, even though we're often told this is the time we set intentions and this is the time that we create our vision for the coming lunation or even for the next six months or the next two and a half year cycles. These are all different cycles that start with each lunation. When we begin a new moon, I have been really resonating with the practice of being in the softness of the energy, being in that dreamy liminal in-between place of allowing a vision, feelings, images to arise within me and taking note of those. And then once the moon takes a little more light during its waxing period, usually around the crescent, maybe up until the first quarter, that's when I start to solidify a little more intentionality and get clearer on my intention. So this same pattern seems to hold true for me if I'm really following my natural rhythms for the new year. And as I said, for me, that new year is winter solstice. It's also the new moon in Capricorn. And during these time periods, I'm not necessarily ready to hit the ground running, but rather I am deep in a place of high creativity and dreaming into what wants to come forth. And usually what that looks like is not a clarified plan or strategy for the next six months, but rather 
ideas starting to crackle and pop. And depending on the year and the energy, you know, the last couple ones, 20, the end of 21 and the end of 20, I don't know about you, but they have been doozies for me. I have ended the year exhausted and just done. This year was a lot different. Even though I went through a period of struggle personally and professionally in the fall of this past year, 2022, by the time I got to mid-December, I had actually healed and resolved and transformed and transmuted a lot of those energies that I was moving through. And I actually arrived at the winter solstice completely rested and feeling quiet, but also alert, active. It reminded me of a state of meditation where you're alert, you're awake, you're very present, but you're really in this deep place of peace and inner stillness. That was me. And my holidays this year were really quiet, really peaceful. It was just Curtis and me for both the Christmas and also for New Year's Eve. And it was lovely. It was really, really different than how I have normally celebrated the holidays or been. So I am wanting to begin this podcast new year with a little bit of a different schedule and frequency that I am going to try out. I am not quote unquote committing to anything uh, hardcore. It's more of an experiment to see how I go and how it goes. So here's what I'm going to play with. And this sort of ties into all of the energy that I was just sharing with you is I'm kind of giving you a little peek into my own internal rhythm and world and um, just sharing where I'm at, which is feeling all of this creative energy bubbling within me, feeling these ideas popping and crackling and also not necessarily having total solidification or clarity on yes, this is definitely the way. Sometimes for me, the best way to figure out if this is the way is for me to just try it. And that's often what I do. I use the actual physical real world as my litmus test. So that is what I'm doing and I'm letting you in (laughs) and sharing with you how I'm kind of feeling into this. So This is kind of a combination between me feeling this inspiration of wanting to share a little bit more regularly and frequently with you. I am really enjoying the podcast. It is out of all the mediums of expression that I have played with in the past video and blogs and just all the different ways that I've experimented with sharing, this is by far my fave. Definitely you may want to make sure you're also subscribed to my YouTube channel because every now and then I'll come out with something there and I don't always announce it in all the different places. So this podcast is and has been my most favorite form of expression. I am loving it. 
And I have also heard from a number of you that you are really enjoying them too. And (laughs) I have heard the invitation or a request for more episodes. I'm hearing that. And this is why I'm going to play with what I'm going to share in a minute. So before I want to, before I tell you this new frequency that I'm excited about, I want to give you a little insight into what goes into these podcasts. The recording itself doesn't take much longer than the recording. Every now and then I have to re-record because I had to stop and then I lost my flow and so I have to start over. I mean, there's different reasons I would have had to stop or re-record. But for the most part, the recording is the recording, but editing takes me a long time. So sometimes a podcast from start to finish, start when I hit the record button to finish when it's available for you, can take hours, six, seven, eight hours. So it's a long time, a lot of work. And so that's what's kind of tripped me up in the past of doing some more of these. However, moving forward, I am playing with something. I'm going to try editing less. So I'll still spruce up the sound for you and throw some music on, but what I'm not going to do is, I don't rearrange, but I usually remove (laughs) any pieces that I feel I've either gone off on a little bit of a tangent or maybe was already said in a different way. All of these things I am just going to let go of and see how it goes. So you may get a little bit more of me unfiltered. That's what's going to allow me to hopefully create a little bit more frequently. And here's the frequency that I'm going to play with starting out. I would like to try to publish two podcast episodes every month. That may or may not change if I go on a trip or pilgrimage or something of that nature that may take me away from doing these for a period of time. But for the most part, I would like to do that. And my intention is going to be to play with doing them in the waxing part of the moon. So maybe one coming out sometime around the crescent moon and then one around the full moon. Okay, so this is where I let you in to a little peek inside my inner world and the inner landscape (laughs) of Diamira and the world that I engage within. So I am standing on this threshold that many of us are standing on in between one year and another, and also in between one energy that is very different from the energy that we are all about to step into. This has a lot to do with the astrological energies, and it has also to do a lot with my own internal cycles that I've been moving through over the last few years. So there were a couple of things that were really important that I needed to clarify within myself before I could move forward. I found myself feeling a little stuck 
but probably the energy that I was feeling is better described as bored and a little confused and realizing that so much of what I have been doing, the way in which I've been doing it, still is holding some old energies or old patterns of conditioning that are more about pleasing others than they are about what really brings me joy, excitement, and I feel passionate about. Truth be told, a lot of people undergo this challenge, especially in the world of business. Any of you have businesses, then you probably know that we're taught in business that we need to create products and services that are what our customers and clients want and that we need to tailor and shape our products and services around what they want and their needs and their quote unquote problems or desires or wants or all of that which we create and share needs to be based on the wants, needs, and desires of others. And that has never felt aligned for me. And yet, as much as I rebelled against it, I still found myself going along with it. And even though I completely stripped and cleared everything down to the nitty gritty, well, really actually down to ashes, (laughs) I dissolved and dismantled everything. I still noticed that As I started to rise and allow new energies and new creations to arise, they still carried a subconscious or unconscious pattern of the old way. And I think simply it is because I wasn't allowing myself to birth my own blueprint, my own sacred structures, my own magical expressions in the form that was most aligned and alive and resonant with the energy and energetic expression that is Diamira Rose D'Agostino. I think all of these things probably played into it. It was so subconscious, subconscious in that I thought that I was expressing me It seemed like me and there was me, but there were still places when or where I was expressing in an old paradigm. And I don't know if I have an example of that. Actually, yes, I do. I do have an example of this that I'm going to share. And I'm sharing all this because I hope that it will actually spark and inspire you to have a look and see where you think you're being innovative and you probably totally are, but where you're still maybe playing to some subconscious messaging or subconscious pattern around other people's ideas or other people's influences. I guess is the best way to say it. So that's my hope is that this sparks and stirs that which in which is within you because we are essentially birthing the new earth. 
Gaia is birthing herself anew. And we are all cells within the Gaia sphere. This is Diamira languaging, the Gaia sphere. And if we are as cells within the Gaia sphere, each one of us has this incredible opportunity to birth ourselves anew as it aligns with the energy and song that Gaia is singing to allow our dreams to arise in great harmony and alignment from the heart of her grand dream. This is the invitation that is before each and every one of us. And the beautiful thing about living in these times is that for as many of us as there are, there are that many different realities existing on the planet. And even though when we look out, everything seems so solidified and so as it is, the truth could not be farther from that. Our world is both a particle and a waveform. At any moment in time, we can change it all. And so can Gaia. And so it's just what are we creating in each and every moment? And of course, I don't want to lose sight of the very real truth and reality that there is suffering, there is dismantling, there is challenge, there is unfairness and inequality. There are all of these energies and programs still operating on our planet. And we have more power than we know. And in fact, that's the key to power is do we know we have it? That has been the greatest, best kept secret of all time. We are powerful. And as long as that truth is kept from us and we don't know or think that we are, then we will keep living and recreating over and over a world that reminds us that we're not powerful. But the moment that we let the scales fall from our eyes and we consider another truth, what if we are beyond our wildest dreams? And what if we play with that? What can we create together? So when I talk about yours or my inner blueprint, I'm talking about the way our soul wants to do it. And do it can be anything from creating a business, having an artistic expression, having a family, living somewhere, having a home, having friendships, having relationships. All of these expressions or areas of life have a very unique flavor for each of us. And yet, how often are we trying to mirror or mimic what we have seen? What we have seen someone else do? What we have seen someone else create? And oftentimes, this is really subconscious. I'm not talking about outright copying or plagiarism, although there is that, and this is part of that. In fact, that is a symptom of what I'm talking about, of this condition, which is that we somehow don't allow ourselves truly the gift of experiencing our own sacred authority, inner authority, I'm talking about, and our own sovereignty and trusting that we know 
what is right, what is best for us, not for someone else, but for us. And we know what feels alive and aligned for us. So I'm going to give a one example in particular that I was just journeying with. And I think I've alluded to this in some other episodes, but I'm going to mention it here just to kind of ground this conversation a little bit. But as you all know, I have an essence line. It is Elemental Whispers Essences. And I shouldn't say I have an essence line. It's actually, it's a separate business from Diamira Rose LLC, but that's structural jargon and it may not be of import to you. But the essence line that I share and I am the spiritual steward and guide of Elemental Whispers is extraordinary in its uniqueness. Essences in general, you've heard me talk about them. I will link to the episode I did on them. I believe it was called Healing with Flower Essences, and I think it's episode number three, but I'll link back to that if that's of interest to you and you'd like to check that out. But flower essences, I feel, are the medicine of the now. They are both radical and approachable and accessible. They're beautiful because they work on the spiritual, emotional, and subconscious level. And they are doorways into our own soul, to knowing ourselves more deeply. They create new pathways. So this is also really part of this conversation because as I was talking about this blueprint and us each having our own blueprint of how our soul wants to do something, sometimes the subconscious patterning seems to overtake our own natural soul's voice. And flower essences are a beautiful medicine that helps us create new neural pathways, new pathways of doing and being that are in relationship and alignment with our soul's voice and essence. So obviously, you know, I am obsessed with essences. I think that they are beautiful, magical medicines, and there are so many beautiful essence lines and essence producers out there. So my essence line, what makes it really unique is that it has essences of beings. Of course, flowers and trees are beings. Of course they are. But I mean, other world beings, beings that exist on the inner planes of Gaia, beings that include fairy, elven, the she, dragons, and the essences also include the spirits of places such as sacred wells, sacred mountains, sacred forests. This is what makes my essence collection super unique. And I have leveraged my relationship that I have developed and cultivated with fairy over the last near 20 years in order to invite them to collaborate in this way. And the ones that are excited and said yes became part of this collection. And that is really unique. So people that are desiring to open into a relationship with fairy 
that don't know where to start have this opportunity to do so by working with these essences. How simple and easeful is that? The other beautiful way that these essences support humans is that they also bless with the fairy energy or fairy gifts, the gifts that the fairy realm offer to humanity, which are many. And I don't necessarily mean gifts of a physical nature, but I'm talking about the gift of what comes forward in a relationship with these beings. There are so many gifts that are available to us that rise from within a communion or a partnership. There is something about the energetic coming together of fairy and human that truly does activate a soul remembrance. Now, soul remembrance is something I talk about a lot. It could be my tagline. And remembrance can express in a lot of different ways. For some, that remembrance can be just a knowing and a certainty of knowing oneself. How often do we walk around not really knowing who we are? And that can extend into a feeling of wanting to belong, but not feeling like we are belonging, of not feeling connected to our roots, or maybe we don't know our ancestry. Maybe we were adopted. Maybe we, our families or our ancestors were taken away from our homelands in the atrocious practices of the slave trade or any kind of histories that have befallen our planet that has displaced indigenous peoples, which if we go back in all of our ancestries, all of our ancestors, when we go far enough back, were once indigenous to some land. And these are all ways that we can have this remembrance. It's, it's a knowing of who we are. And it may not be a knowing in your mind, but it could be a knowing in your heart, a feeling of safety and rootedness in your own being. What a gift that is. And there's something about the communion between fairy and human that activates that or opens that doorway within us. And then, of course, we each have to choose to walk through it or not. So that's one way that remembrance can express itself. But the other way that remembrance can express itself is even more specifically, we can have remembrance of who we are at a soul level. And I'm talking about perhaps connected to past life energies, if not actual incarnational memories, which may or may not be important to your soul's growth and expression at that this time, as cool as it might be, past lives. And I have found that before I had an understanding of past lives and I had experienced past life recollection, I always thought it was cool. Well, I wonder what I was or how my past lives were. But what I found out along the way is past lives are not something you want to go rooting around and digging up. The only reason that for me that I have found has been most helpful to go into a past life to recollect or even go into the energy, maybe not the story, is because something is affecting me in the present 
And so I have to go back to go forward. And so in that way, that's why I have so many memories of past lives because I've had to do a lot of healing as different traumas have come forward. And I share about this in my recent released memoir, Initiation, My Fairy Soul Awakening, which if you haven't had a chance to read, you can find on all of the online booksellers. It's available electronically as well as in paperback. This remembrance this past life remembrance is not always necessary unless we can't move forward. We're stuck. We're coming upon trauma that can't be resolved from this lifetime. But when I say remembrance in the context of how these essences can bless us, they can absolutely support in helping resolve some of these past life woundings, but they can also help by bringing forward into this lifetime, if it will serve and support your soul's path, your gifts, your abilities from these other lifetimes that you have worked to cultivate. And so in that way, the essences can be this beautiful remembrance. And they also can help surface soul memory, not necessarily images of past lives, as I was saying, but more of a connectedness and a knowing of who you are, not just rooted in this physical dimension and, you know, your ancestral blood lineage, but also who you are across time and space. And that can be a very powerful and beautiful gift. So these are all ways that working with these very essences, these essences of these different beings of fairy, of she, of elven can serve and support us. So this is very unique. I don't really know anybody else who is sharing or producing essences that are the energetic configuration or medicine song bestowed by this realm. So this was totally innovative and totally aligned with my soul. And so the sneaky part of the blind spot that I didn't realize that was in my periphery, but was veiled from my sight and my awareness for a time was that I was still sharing these essences in a way that was very traditional and conventional. And that means that they were being shared as a regular product line. It was just very standard. If you go to other essence sites, it's a very similar way of sharing the essences. You have different collections and they're just available. That's how these essences are shared. And so this is why it took me a while to see this, but I noticed it around the fall. I noticed that, oh wait, yes, the essences are so alive and aligned with my soul essences that I'm sharing, but the way that I'm sharing them is actually not Diamira. I'm just doing what's been done. So as I shared with you, when the store opens, you're going to see that everything has been reorganized and reordered and there will be a signature essence collection of a lot fewer essences than have previously been available, maybe 13, 14, 15 essences. So a very foundational building blocks collection. That's the purpose of this. And also then 
There will be periods of time, periods of activation of global portals that we're all experiencing or different seasons that certain other essences will unfold and rise from the mists of New Avalon into the Elemental Whispers Essence collection for a period of time, and then they will return to the mists and the veil will close again. So that's how these want to express. So I'm giving you this as one example of a way for me personally that I was still following what I had seen. I was being influenced. My blueprint, the way that I was sharing a creation of mine was still being influenced by what I'd seen in the past, what had been done. And I didn't even realize I was doing it until it just something started not feeling right within me. This is an example. So I hope that gives you enough to be able to explore on your own where within you is that place of your own blueprint wanting to arise and being in conflict or contradicting the societal blueprint or the structure or process or way that everyone else is doing something. Super important for this time and what is now. So now you've heard the essence story, but there was a further getting clear with myself and getting honest with myself. And I hope that's going to come through in future episodes and in this podcast in general. But there were two things. One is that I realized I have still been hiding. This is another example of a sneaky blind spot. On paper, I could make every argument in the world that I have not been hiding. So I'm going to tell you those in a moment, but before I forget, why am I talking about hiding? Because what I have seen is that hiding is a common condition that I have witnessed with clients, students, people in my world who are either of a magical lineage of fairy connected in some way by soul or by blood to the magical people, the wisdom keepers of this planet. There can be a number of different reasons for this hiding, but the two main root causes that I've come across is number one, fear of persecution. We have cellular memory, whether it is from past lives or ancestral memory of being persecuted and possibly exiled, possibly killed for our wisdom, for our gifts, for what we were sharing. And so that is still very present and usually needs to be cleared at some point as we stand forth to share our magic with the world. The other reason, however, that I have recently done a huge, huge healing journey and reconciliation around for myself personally over the last year or year and a half is the fear of that which we are sharing being distorted, misused, usurped, 
in some way. And this we, of course, see in the way that the church has co-opted a lot of sacred symbols, symbols that were way more ancient than Christianity, symbols including the cross, symbols including the bee and the beehive, which we see on the Pope's head, on his headdress, the labyrinth, the dove, which was always a symbol of the goddess, but became a symbol of the Holy Spirit and a message of hope in the biblical story of Noah. These are just some examples of images or symbols that have been co-opted and borrowed and the meaning distorted slightly. But what happens when you have a symbol of power? A symbol is not a static expression, but is a living energetic that can act as a portal. It can act as a way to connect and speak to the soul. This was what the language of birds or the hermetic language of symbols was all about. It was about a direct transmission to the soul. But symbols can also be a bridge, an opening, and they can house power. So when a symbol is used over and over and over in ceremony, in ritual, that symbol builds power at the collective level. It's almost as if that symbol exists. It does exist. And that's why I always refer to these kinds of symbols as living because they do exist. When you connect with them, you are not just creating a vision or image in your mind with your visioning faculties. You are connecting into the collective grid of Gaia or the archetypal dream plane of the cosmos. And imagine people over decades, centuries, all connecting into that symbol, using that symbol, working with that symbol. Imagine the power that it holds and the energy that it builds. And so each time you tap into it, you're also tapping into that collective energy or power source. And then for another organization to take that symbol and embed it into their different teachings and inner workings. It's a way of siphoning this power in a way that it was not used before. It basically reroutes the power to begin to fuel the institution or organization who is now using it. And of course, this can be beautiful, but when it is used as a way to subdue, suppress, and control, then obviously we are not wielding power in a good way. So the church and using symbols is just one example of distorting magic. But that is not the only distortion. There is also the distortion of the well-maiden myth. And while I won't go fully into that myth right here, the short version of that myth, that story, is that the fairy people gave to humanity freely their blessing, their magic, the abundance and sustenance and life force energy that arises from their realm. So going back to the beauty 
and the blessing and the gift of working with fairy, when I was talking about the essences, this is another one, is that we need, the world needs the energetic of fairy in order to survive. And this is illustrated so beautifully in the well-maiden myth, where it illustrates a land of plenty, our world a wor- being a world of fertility and the fairy people giving freely of their love, of their life force. And then through a grave transgression and violation, that sacred accord and agreement was broken. Trust was betrayed. And as a result, fairy withdrew its magic from the world. And then the world, as the myth illustrates, becomes barren and dries up. And we have the result of the wounded Fisher King, which is the part of the story that most people start out with. Everybody has often heard of the wounded Fisher King that has the eternal mortal wound that cannot be healed in the Grail myths. But there's only one place that the pre-story of how that wound occurred the precursor to that story. And that is found in the piece known as the elucidation. And it is the story of the well-maidens. So that is what I will say about that. And the well-maidens is a great example of fairy magic being shared, and then a betrayal of trust, and then a withdrawal of that magic. And so this is the other reason that I have often seen magical people, people that are connected to fairy hiding is because they are inadvertently subconsciously still perpetuating the pattern of having withdrawn their magic from the world because they don't trust that that which they share will be honored. So this is what I personally became aware of this last year is that I had to clear a layer of this within myself. And this was somewhat new to me because I have spent years clearing and resolving and healing the first root cause that I mentioned, which is fear of persecution. It didn't occur to me that this energy of withholding was a thing and I mean that it goes so far deep, so far back in the collective. And for those of us, like myself, who are very connected to fairy, some of us may have to examine this part of ourselves. And it wasn't like in my day-to-day, I was making conscious choices to withhold. No, this was so subconscious. It was so much of a micro element. That's how it went unseen for all this these years. And this is part of what the shadow is. The shadow is that which we can't see. That is by definition, what we mean by shadow is it's a blind spot. It's unknown and it will pop up from time to time, but usually it pops up in unconscious behaviors. And we must be vigilant in order to really identify it. And then we even have to be so, so, so disciplined to not demonize it. It's not going to be very fruitful to beat it into submission, to exile it. 
to stuff it in a dark corner and not let it come out for dinner. What is going to be more helpful is for us to be gentle with it, treat it like a child who perhaps there needs to be conversation and love and understanding and gentleness and really taking our time with working with it, inviting it to come forward. And that's what I spent a lot of this last year doing. And it was difficult. And so the result of all of that work is that I see how I have been hiding. And on paper, this hiding is really almost non-existent. On paper, it would look to most people as if I were not hiding, myself included. I have no shortage of content, (laughs) not just these podcasts, but a YouTube channel where I'm on video. And when I was on social media for years and years, showing up on social media and sharing in those ways and teaching classes and all of these different ways that allowed me to continue to fool myself into believing that I wasn't hiding. But the truth is that I was still hiding. That a lot of ways that I could be shining my light and sharing in the world, I have shied away from. An example of this is that I, in the past, did not make any effort whatsoever to do any kind of speaking engagements or being a guest on other people's shows or podcasts or series, I have stayed pretty much within my comfort zone. And while doing videos on a YouTube channel might not be in your comfort zone or somebody else's comfort zone, it's very much in my comfort zone. Not to mention, I know that YouTube is not sharing my video with millions of people. And as much as I've railed against algorithms in the past, (laughs) maybe a part of my subconscious felt safe. Maybe the little girl within me that was afraid of really being seen because people might judge her or because some part of me was still not trusting sharing some of what I am to a greater audience. Whatever that was, I feel that subconsciously, and I'm self-disclosing this very honestly in real time as I'm musing about it myself right now with you all, is that I feel that somehow knowing that the algorithms do what they do and don't show a lot of our stuff made me feel safe. So I have realized that I was hiding. And so rather than charge off into figuring out how I could fix that on the realm of out there, I got really bare bone honest with myself. And what I did is I went down to basics. I stripped away everything. I cut away projects that I was working on. I let go of things that were not having any movement. Other projects came to a normal and natural completion or closure. And 
some of the things that I had to complete were also painful, but I realized that they still were carrying patterns, as I was saying, of my old conditioning. So it all ended up being difficult, but perfect. There was something very satisfying about going down to bare basics. And I'm going to tell you what my bare basics were and are in a moment, but there was something so, so peaceful and so nervous system supportive to letting go of everything, not having to worry about this project, not having to worry about that program, just going down to bare basics. And what my bare basics was, was the ancient etheric forest and the heart of New Avalon. Really, the heart of New Avalon as it is housed within the ancient etheric forest. I am going to link to a couple of collaborations that I have done in the last few years where I have very briefly touched on the ancient etheric forest. In each one, I lead a guided meditation journey to connecting with the ancient etheric forest as I see and experience it. The way I see it in this moment is that the ancient etheric forest is everywhere. This forest is both the seed forest, meaning the original forest of Gaia, coming from the original vision, the primordial vision that is also the living energetic of now. And this forest, even though on the physical, in the 3D world that most of us are dialed into, this forest does not span physically throughout the entire globe. At one point, it did. And that time period, there is an energetic from there that was imprinted in all of our DNA about the forest being our essential nature, about us being part of the forest and the forest part of us. It doesn't matter if you live in a desert or a city. The etheric imprint of this forest that I am talking about lives within your heart, within my heart. A seed code for it lives within you and its etheric imprint still exists across and within the web of weird, W-Y-R-D, the web of weird is that web of life that is the interdimensional holographic realm of the Nornir, the three fates who weave and spin the web of destiny. This is part of the energetic holographic dream that lives in the sacred roots of the world tree, that every living tree and blade of grass and swath of moss and ancient rock is still plugged into. Our living world is woven into and through the ancient etheric forest. And the ancient etheric forest is living and woven and threaded through our world, whether we can see it with our physical eyes or not. And New Avalon has arisen from a dream seed that was planted in the heart of the ancient etheric forest. This is a dream seed that has risen and 
is completely alive and aligned with Gaia's dream, with the new earth energetic. And so this was my truth. This was my stripped down bare bone truth. If nothing else, none of my other expressions held water or weight, or I didn't know where I stood with any of them, I knew that this was true and alive within me. It is my soul. My soul is nestled within the holy heart of the ancient etheric forest. And I'm sharing this with you, this imagery that I hope you're feeling in this transmission, because this is a safe place and a place of rejuvenation and reconnection for all of us. It is available no matter where you live on the planet. It is available to all. And I hope at some point to be sharing more and possibly even sharing a sacred offering and a holy container in which we connect into the heart of the ancient etheric forest together and we learn how to weave and work from within it. So this was my truth that I came to. This and the energetic, the story, the mythic reality that is arising from New Avalon. And then from that, I am just continuing to ask myself, what is alive for me? What inspires me? What do I feel so passionate about? And I'm letting go of steps and (laughs) tools and all of that stuff. Of course, I am still using tools and I'm still using some form of tangible roadmap when it comes forth from me. But what I mean is that I am really letting go of any old structures that were based on other people's ways of doing. And I am challenging myself this year to completely check myself at the front door for each and every creation, sharing, project, creative inspiration that I'm doing to see, am I doing this for someone else? Am I doing it because it's what I think somebody may want or somebody may need or somebody told me that they want it? Or am I doing it because it's alive within me? And when those two things are the same, that's a hell yeah. That's an amazing, beautiful, symbiotic relationship. I love that. But I have to start with me. I can't start with the outer and check myself on the outer. And this is just a a practice. It's not something I expect to get right at each turn, but it is something that I am committing to this year is to really look at all that comes forward and to just have that little barometer of, is this me? Or is this someone else that I'm passing off for me? Is this really someone else's model of doing? And is that really how I want to do it? Or do I need to do it that way? Is there another way that I could do it? Why do I think it has to be done that way? Is that the only way? Why do I think that's the only way? Is there a way that's more me? And so what if Nobody else is doing it and I've never seen it done like this before. So what? Why can't I do whatever feels good to me? So that is my New Year's coming forward in this new and yet very authentic Dia Mira way. 
which is coming out of hiding, sharing more in a way that is truly aligned on all levels. And as I said, not just the creation itself, but even the structure in which I'm sharing the creation. And really choosing to come out of hiding and consciously making choices to get out of my comfort zone, especially in the places where I normally shy away from. So hopefully I will not only be sharing more episodes and experimenting with this new frequency that I shared with you at the beginning, but hopefully I will also be a guest on some other shows and sharing in other conversations and collaborations with other people in ways that feel exciting. And so if you know anyone or know a certain show or podcast that you think would be really aligned for me and what I share or that the host of that podcast is someone that you think I could have a really fun and beautiful conversation with, then please, by all means, share that with me. You can share that at connect at diamirarose.com. And the store will be opening, the Essence Store, later this month. So definitely look out for that. Also, you might want to get on my mailing list. I send a couple emails a month, usually two to three. And I share offerings on there that I don't share on social media or in any other way. Not even some of them are on my website listed. So being on my mailing list will mean that you won't miss out. In fact, there is an offering that I have available to my mailing list right now and it's only available to them. And it's something that I haven't done in a long time that I'm really excited about and really enjoying thoroughly. It's so magical. And yes, it's connected with New Avalon. And that's all I'm going to say. If you're on my mailing list, then you know about it. And I may be sharing about that again, because I think I have another slot I'm going to open up on a weekend that I also never do, but I'm feeling inspired. And so, yeah, if you want to be part of that, make sure you get on my email list. You can just go to diamirarose.com and find that opt-in on the, I am sending you so much love and so many blessings for this year, for 2023, and these new energies that we are all stepping into. Until next time, blessings from the heart of the ancient etheric form.